Hi guys, so welcome back to the Physique Collective podcast. We've got a bit of a weird one today from my perspective. So I'm actually introducing the podcast, but I'm getting interviewed by our good man Joppo. So a bit of an alternative view. I know we've already done this with a few of the guys already, but it's now it's my turn sort of in the spotlight and I'll pass over to Joppo. Yeah, mate, you are you are in the spotlight today, as we said a minute ago <laughs> on, this, uh, on this bright, sunny Thursday morning. Um, dude, one of the things to, to kind of get straight into the, the nitty gritty of the podcast, one of the things um, that people will see about your Instagram uh, and specifically I see about your Instagram is obviously all of the mindset stuff, like you do the mindset Mondays and things like that. Has any of that been inspired by uh, a book you've read or a podcast you've listened to or anything like that? Or was it something that you just kind of took upon yourself to really work on? Good question. So, funnily enough, I was asked a similar question from Luke, uh, Luke Schultz, Lactic, Lactic Addict Luke, last night I was on his podcast. And that's made a similar question. And I think it's like an amalgamation of a, a number of factors. Like, one, it's always been something I've naturally been like quite gravitated towards. Yep. With my with my background, sort of, um, I mentioned growing up, um, I was kind of thrust into a, a, a carer role in, in the family more probably probably quicker than I should have been. Right. Um, and that kind of made you think that way. I, I've done a lot of introspection over the years and I just understood the value of, I guess, of focusing on the mindset. And then I've read a number of books over the years which have kind of gone, oh, that's the way I think. And yeah. I kind, of, kind of taken bits from that. And I wouldn't say it's any one particular moment that's just gone, that's a thing. But I realised... But more I spoke to people as I got down the rabbit hole, so to speak, the more I sort of realised, not that I'm an expert or anything like that, but just like I'm really fascinated in, I'm talking about this sort of stuff helps other people. And it yeah. kind of, I think it's probably the biggest factor that's holding a lot of people back from their, their progress. And one of my biggest annoyances is when people say, oh, obesity, yeah, just just uh, move more, eat less. And I go, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, in, in a vacuum, absolutely. That's that's great, but that doesn't. Why is why is that not working then? And when you start to think like, why do people not achieve their their goals or where they want in life? It's not because they haven't got the availability of skills like on the internet. Everyone knows how to lose weight. Everyone knows how to yeah. make money. All this sort of stuff. What's what's holding them back is their mindset, and it kind of that kind of got me really interested in it. Is there is there any common occurrences? from like clients or, or even friends around you where you see it quite commonly that things are holding them back and, and what's sort of the common theme that you would see there with clients? I think the biggest one in life in general is is perception of like how other people view you and other people's, I guess, other people's <clears throat> desires for you. Like your parents have got a, a, a perception of where they want you to be in life. Yeah and you don't want to let them down you've got a feel you, you've got a, a perception of how other people view you of where you should be in life and all this stuff's made up um and one thing i try and get through to people is everything that we know as society and things like that it's all made up right yeah, yeah, yeah. but this nine to five concept the the thing we, we need to go and get married have kids all these sorts of things that's that's a made-up concept. I'm not yeah. saying it's wrong. No, because for a lot of people, it's a it's a great thing, but not everyone has to fit in the same thing. So I feel everyone's got their everyone, everyone sat there thinking, "I need to be doing this," uh, as opposed to this is what I want to do. Yeah, 
And I think that probably is the biggest factor holding everyone back in in my experience is just how they're being perceived in, in life. And that influences so many decisions, which is really unfortunate, actually. Um, yeah, I mean, you must have seen it where people go, I'm scared to go to the gym, everyone's looking at me. You're like, yeah, oh, definitely, especially with my clientele being like mainly sort of women over the age of 30. I mean, the biggest thing I think with, with generally, and it's probably been common for a lot of years, is obviously the female population feeling like they, they the classic is they can't go in the weights area. Yeah. Is, is the big quotation there. Um, which is obviously obviously why they hire a trainer and things like that. But it is definitely that perception like, oh, those elite people over there are going to think I'm weak and, and things like that. Um, did you did you ever feel any sort of external pressure from, from parents or family members to, to turn out a certain way? Not necessarily from a family. I think my family, growing up, so my dad was ill from a young age. Right. And um, <clears throat> they sort of, because of that, I think like this is no, this is not like a, a sob story, but I think that their, their focus wasn't necessarily on me in particular. Like, yeah, my my little brother's um, he, he's diagnosed with special needs, right? So we, me, me, my brother, my sister, we, I'm, I'm the eldest of four. I don't think they were really looking at us, going, "This is where you want to be in life," because they kind of had other focuses. Like my dad was, my dad is disabled, my brother's disabled, like so. There's a there, I, I wasn't the primary factor them going, this is where you want to be in life. Right. I think additionally to that, in their childhood, they were kind of held back a bit by their parents. So they sort of looked at us and went, we're not going to try and tell you what to do per se. Plus, we're all quite, we're all quite headstrong characters. We're like, we'll do what the fuck we want sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so didn't feel it there. I definitely felt it in, and I think we all do, uh, at areas of your life, you think, I need to be doing this. Yeah. Uh, because... Instagram tells me, or, or, hang on, I'm 36 this year. Shouldn't yeah. I be married? And it's yeah. like you, you feel this like societal pressure, which, as I mentioned before, is made up, but you still feel it. Like yeah. we've we've all watched enough Disney films to realize, like that that pressure is there. Like, am I am I not meant to meet my princess? Like yeah. all these things. You're like, again, that's all made up. But yeah, and I think everyone feels it. It's just learning how to kind of sift through it. Yeah, that's that. That's the thing. And going back to what you were saying about sort of um, the the mindset stuff, which again, um, which I see again for you being like a really big theme of your social media and things like that. Um, yeah, and you mentioned about books, and you mentioned about podcasts you've listened to, and and really working on that introspection. Is there any like standout books that you'd recommend to anyone to go and read? Yeah. So uh, there's a couple I would just read, like go off the the top. So, firstly, is um, the chimp paradox. Okay, I've, is that is that an orange? Uh... Uh, great question. It's it's by it's by Professor Steve Peters. Oh, okay. I've got up there. I'm looking at my bookshelf. I've got "Don't Feed the Monkey Mind." I imagine that's probably quite similar. Okay. So, Steve, Steve Peters is a you know psych, uh, neuroscientist, psychologist. I'm not sure what his actual title is, but he's a bit of an expert on this sort of stuff. Right. And essentially, it's it's probably a very similar concept where Let's say um, someone cuts you off in traffic. Yep. The first thing that responds is, is your chimp. It's going back, like go mad. And that's the one that usually causes havoc in your life, right? And it's not saying get rid of the chimp. It's just learning how to work with it. And it's a really simplistic concept for working uh, on your sides of your brain. But it's a, it's a fantastic idea of getting to know yourself and maybe not responding as emotionally to situations which don't require it. Um, I mean... We're all as guilty, guilty as uh, uh, when we respond 
I guess, emotionally in an argument or something, that argument's never going to go well. No. Right? If, if we sit there and go, okay, let's have a talk through this, let's respond with a bit less emotion, a bit more compassion. When I say emotion, I mean like negative emotion. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think that's going to, it makes everyone better. So that's a really, really good book and it's something I recommend to everyone. Um, there's Atomic Habits, which is more about sort of, people think, oh, that's more like a habit and, and I guess um goal setting type book but it for me there's a lot of bits in there just about behavior and yeah. and becoming the character that you want to be and i think that's a huge one um i really like mark manson he's got um i think it's a subtle art of not giving a fuck or the yeah that's it yeah i was uh, when you said mark manson i was just trying to think of the name but yeah you nailed it yeah. there. i've um i listened to the audio version of that i've actually got the actual book but for some reason i've listened to only to the audio version what was your biggest takeaway from that book it wasn't necessarily like any one one takeaway. It's more the fact of just like a reaffirmation of like, I sounds stupid, but I'm not the only person that thinks this way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that kind of in itself gives you a bit of confidence because you, you like, there's often times I look at situations, I go, "Am I the weird one?" <laughs> and like, I don't really get like to. My sister calls me the robot because I, I look at situations and be like, I, I can see both sides of it kind of thing, and I I'm, I'm wrong. And it kind of hears a lot of themes of that, like don't you don't need to care about everything. Like yeah. that's a, that's one. You don't you you can be wrong. You're like as in most people are wrong. Yeah. We're none of us are special, <clears throat> which I think really people hate to think because they everyone likes to think they're their own little snowflake. When yeah. in reality, like if you think of a Gaussian distribution, like the bell curve, most of us are fucking bang average, and that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Because yeah. that's actually like that's a, that's a quite a cool place to be. Um, like we all want to be the one that changes the world, but we aren't. And there's a lot of concepts like that in it. And just think having a bit of understanding where you are in life and kind of you, you there's a lot of themes in there which I really liked. I'm trying to think of other books I enjoyed. I like a lot of the Stoic philosophy stuff. Yeah, is it? Um, what's the book that's like really big on? Stoic? Um, there's Daily Stoic, Ego is the Enemy, um, Obstacle is the Way. All very similar themes, basically. Yeah all boils down to take accountability for stuff. Um, you're you're usually the fault here, but yeah, the problem's yeah. usually with you. And how to view situations, like what can I control and what can I not control? And I think that's the biggest struggle I think most people have is they get so stressed with stuff they've got no right to be stressed about, really. Like people are, it's like, it's like you and me going, the weather's shit. You're like, yeah, yeah <laughs> it is. It is. What are you going to do about it? Well, nothing. But I'm going to be annoyed about it. Like, yeah. And but you can, if you, if we all, we can all listen to that and go, that sounds dumb. But if people yeah. go, if people go, my boss is an idiot. You go, well, leave your job or stay. And they go, yeah. I can't do either of those things. Well, you're the problem now. Yeah. And I think it's like learning what to control and what you can't. Um, so I think it was. Those are the main ones that like, spring to mind. Okay. Is there people. is there any current podcasts that you listen to that are kind of dig into the mindset stuff? So I'm I, I'm kind of hit or miss with podcasts. Okay. So there's a couple of podcasts I do enjoy. Um, so I, I, I'm going to say a controversial opinion. I really don't like Stephen Bartlett. Okay. Um, okay. But I think he's a fantastic interviewer. I think right, he's yeah. I think he's a world class interviewer. So like when he talks to certain people, I'll listen. Yep. But I don't particularly like him as an as an individual. He's not he he's not done anything to wrong me. I just, <laughs> I just don't, I don't know what it is. It's something that doesn't, I, I, I just, I don't really, I, I think 
There's something about him that doesn't doesn't. Right, yeah. He watched your ten thousand calorie uh, challenge. And that's it. Fat shit. That was that, that, that was basically. It. <laughs> uh, it's um. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what it is or something, but I listen. He's a he's an amazing interviewer. So I listened to a couple yeah. of ones he's done. Um, I listened to one recently with Chris Voss. He's an FBI negotiator. Oh, okay. And that, oh. that was that was a phenomenal one, just from an interest point of view. Yeah. Um, but again, it's not necessarily. I find a lot of mindset stuff is is kind of repetitive. Right. Yeah. And I feel like you've got really good people in this, like Mark Manson, Ryan Holiday. These guys are uh, uh, the the I would say the go to people. Yeah. And I feel like everyone's kind of copied that to some degree. Yeah, it, it's almost like you said, similar themes. But I think I think really the, the biggest takeaway, and this is what I think when it comes to this mindset stuff, because you can listen to all the podcasts, all the books you can read, and all of them. But it's, it's mainly the application for you. 100%. If you don't, if you don't apply any of those techniques or strategies, and you just keep listening and keep reading, and keep listening, and keep reading, you're never actually gonna get anywhere, right? Like one of the one of the things I remember from listening to the subtle art of not giving a fuck podcast or or the audio version was the you have five fucks to give in a day and i'd say i'm quite an emotionally reactive person very much wear my heart on my sleeve which can be an absolute detriment to anything um and one of the takeaways i took away from that was okay i have five fucks to give today i'm probably going to blow all of those by midday so (laughs) i just need to just need to just forget about life and just crack on um one thing you mentioned when you were talking about the mindset mindset stuff there was talking about people thinking they're maybe more important than they actually are. And I read a quote, I can't remember where I read it, but it was about imposter syndrome. And it was the thing you have to realize about imposter syndrome is you're thinking about yourself in way too much of an important manner. You're Mm. portraying yourself as the main character in a situation when really there's probably 10 other people you need to consider. Have you, um, have you ever kind of fell into any imposter syndrome or anything like that? I think I think we all we all do to some degree, right? We all kind of we all worry about are we doing enough? And I think yeah. there's there, there's something there's a good thing about that as well. Yeah. Right? I think we all kind of feel a, a good amount of pressure when we're doing something to be like, shit, am I am I good enough on this? Yeah. Because if if you went if you walked around with this level of arrogance, you're like, yeah, I'm the best at this, yeah. you'd never get any better. Yeah. But I also think there's an element of like humility and i was talking about this yesterday actually and i I see people really struggle to switch off right and i think this ties into the importance thing and i just i I often say to people how important are you that you need to respond to your clients at 10 p.m could they are you that important they couldn't survive till the morning yeah and they're like well no but i'm like but that's what you're thinking you're thinking they're going to leave you and that that, to me that's a level of like arrogance there being like Oh my god! If unless I unless I do this, I'm like no, no that's not how it works. Like, yeah. uh, you're allowed to. You're not the most important thing in the world, and and a lot of the time, if you, by acting like you are, I think you you kind of detriment your own life in yeah. a way. Yeah. Um, but boundaries and stuff go out the window. But I do think imposter syndrome. I say I think everyone gets it. I certainly have, uh, have times where I'm like, shit, I don't know enough about this. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah that's a motivation in a way. Yeah. And I think as long as you're willing to be like, yep, I don't know that rather than you see a lot of people that go, um, yeah, I'm an expert on that. And they, they actually don't know anything. It's, it's okay to be like, I actually don't know what we're talking about here. Yeah. Um, I, I defer to people all the time. Like do you know when people say everyone's got an opinion, like, yep. they, they do. Yeah. But not everyone's opinion is valid either. It's like me walking into brain surgery, and be like boys, listen up. I'll help you out here. <laughs> 
I've like got an like, opinion. Yeah, they're, they're, they're like, your opinion's not worth fuck all here. Your opinion's yeah. only worth it when you know something. And sometimes yeah. you, it's all right to go, I actually don't know anything about this. Yeah. And that's cool. Like, I don't mind that. I, I, I'll happily go, I've got no idea what I'm talking about here. Yeah. You um you obviously were <coughs> absolutely a compliment. You you left your job in 2021 or 2022? Uh it was I, I so I left I quit in 2021. Yeah, that was and it. I was on a I was on quite a long gardening leave period uh <laughs> until about March of last year. So it's yeah. been about just over a year now since I've been fully self-employed, like officially. How long were you considering that endeavor? Quite a while, to be honest with you, mate. Like it's, it was a fair amount of time. I think I was in, and I don't mean this in any like disrespect to anyone else. I was probably in a little bit different different position than most yeah. people, online coaches, because I was I, I was in a, a fairly high management role in my last business. So it, it wasn't as simple as being like, right, I'm just going to quit my job and and move. It was like, oh shit, actually, like I've got a mortgage, I've got like a situation. I'm in here where the risk is perceived to be higher. Now it's no it's no bigger risk than anyone else, really. Yeah. But because I've got there's a there's a level of financial commitment I've got on the back end. Yeah. I'm like shit, I've got to be really careful here. Um so I mean I was thinking about it for quite a while. Um but it only really kind of became a thing once we went into lockdown yeah. and my freedom as such had been like taken away like like the rest of the nation. That's a bit I I loved about my job okay and I, I kind of lost that because my, my I was I was a manager in in a sales business yeah and I was out whenever I wanted to I had a lot of autonomy in my job okay I didn't really report to anyone particularly um I did but it was like the, the board of directors didn't really like they, they kind of left me alone yeah um all of a sudden I was trapped indoors and I was like I don't like this yeah um, I was like a caged animal so that kind of started that process. And then towards the end of the, the year before, I was like, yeah, I, I need to leave. And I just, yeah. it, was a, it, was a, it was a tipping point. I was like, I'm out. What, 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 what did a typical day look like for you in that corporate job? It was actually quite, um, in a way, similar to, to coaching because okay. um, it was quite autonomous in terms of your, your own boss to a degree, right? Yeah. I'd start work fairly early and I'd usually be in front of the laptop for a couple of hours. And it would be kind of speaking to guys in my team, dealing with projects, dealing with issues. And it was mainly dealing with issues. That was my job, was it? Ma- management, like people seem to think, is is everyone's like, oh, it's all about strategy and this, and lead the business forward. It's mainly about dealing with people's issues. And that's oh, cool. Okay. Like, I like that. I, that's yeah. why I, I, like, I like people. So that's cool. But there was a lot of time... Um, sort of with that but when times were good you'd be going to a lot of meetings driving around a lot a lot of day-to-day I like driving I like going to, like going to these situations and it was often every day was different because you're constantly dealing with projects yeah. so every day was exciting and different and again leading a team it's not you're not dealing with robots you're dealing with people and there's, there's an element of that which can be sometimes frustrating but most of the time incredibly rewarding yeah so it was it was like that so there's a lot of people interaction across the internet and on the phone and things, which was very enjoyable. You 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 had a vlog on the, the Physique Collective website not long ago. And I, I remember it was sort of a, a day of eating, um, but just buying ready-made things from supermarkets. Is that right? Yeah. So I, I guess 
I'm, I'm similar to Will Bassner here, Porridge, Porridge Gains Will. So we we kind of, people in the fitness game, they're like, and you probably see this a lot, is you've got people who are, are bodybuilders or phys- in the physique athlete game, yep. but they, they, they've never actually, and I don't mean this in disrespect to them, it's just the way they've chosen to live their life. They've never really lived a normal life. Yeah. Yeah, so, and I'd say that you do that actually very well because you you don't compete, do you? And you don't. No, 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 no interest whatsoever. No, and I think no, I'm I'm I'd probably say I'm ninety five percent the same. Yeah, I think that don't you want? I love I love people that compete. I think it's an awesome yeah. thing, awesome thing to do, challenge yourself whatsoever. But going back to what we said at the start, that that doesn't mean that I have to do it. No, 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 no. Other people feel they have to, but I feel like the people that kind of maybe make this their life. They don't know what it's like. They're like, right, when you're when you're going away for the day, bring your Tupperware bag and take your take your six meals packed. And you try and say that to like a, a corporate guy. Like I've got I've got quite a lot of guys who work in corporate, and they're yeah. like, I'm going out with, from with my boss for the day, and we're going to a corporate dinner. Where my I can't take my my cool box of six meals. Like yeah. I'm, I'm going on a train, and we're working all day, and we're working lunch, and it, it's like what you think is like optimal doesn't exist. Yeah. So sometimes it is the case of grabbing a grabbing a, a subway salad or grabbing a meal from Pret or grabbing something from a, a Sainsbury's local and making it work. Yeah. And it's it's kind of big rocks. I thought I talk a lot about big big rocks, pebble sand. It's like yeah. get your big rocks in place first before you even start worrying about this meal prep, which just is a barrier to entry in itself. So I, I do a lot where at one uh, other couple of years when I was in sales, where I do 200 nights a year in hotels. Wow. Okay. And it was like, fuck me. Like, if you think you're going to prep meals, no you're chance. not, yeah. you're, you're not going to do it. And you, you, there's, there's, there'll always be someone going, well, if you wanted it, you could do it. I'm like, do it then. Yeah. But you, uh, you, you can't. And that's where you're like, what, what little tricks have I got? And I can pass on to my clientele to make this as easy as possible. Yeah. And that's kind of, the reason for that little vlog was a little bit tongue in cheek, but like you can do it. Yeah, because I, I remember you were, you had like rice cakes, ready cooked chicken, cherry tomatoes, things yeah. like that. What what does a does a typical day of eating when you were corporate differ massively to a typical day of eating now? Um, yeah, I would say a little bit. I mean, I'm I'm lazy as fuck, Joppo. Like I <laughs> I I don't like cooking. As in, I don't I I, I like it if there's a reason. So I'm cooking a meal for my girlfriend. Yeah, I enjoy that. But yep. on a day-to-day basis, if you think, right, I'm going to spend two hours a day cooking, which yep. most people are doing realistically, yeah, I'm like, well, that's a that's a lot of hours across the course of the week. I'm le- yep. I'm losing, let's say, eight percent of my week time, yeah, cooking. Let alone, and we're not even talking about my awake time, which is all the total week. And that that <clears throat> I think I'm losing probably maybe 15 percent of my wake hours cooking at this point. That's a good way. Which seems it. like seems like a very poor return investment. Yep. So if I, if I can make that 30 minutes per day by just picking different meals, I'm winning, right? Yeah. Um, so when I was in the corporate world, typically, like, depends if I was working a like, way, way of business, but unfortunately, there'd be a lot of prepared chicken, like going to Morrison's, Tesco, Sainsbury's. Like, the advantage of being a guy on the road is you're never a million. It's like... Rats in London. You always are like, was yeah, it a, me- yeah. a, a meter away from a rat? Well, you're never more than like 100 meters away from a supermarket. Yeah. Um. So I kind of always took advantage of that. And it was a lot of prepared food, like you say, cooked meats, rice cakes, 
dark chocolate, almonds, uh, prepared fruit, that sort of yeah. stuff. Really easy, really easy to eat. Like, I'm kind of a master of like having lunch while I'm driving. Yeah. Um, things like that. Whereas well, over home now, it's like a little bit easier. I just go for like, I, I joke like I eat like a kid. So it's a lot of like yogurt, fruit, yeah. um, like cereals. I yeah. do like mints, which takes three to five minutes in a pan. Yeah. Like, you know, the uh, microwave rice. Air fryer is an absolute winner. Oh, so, man, so, love an air fryer. Yeah, exactly. That's how I know I'm getting old. We start to wear air fryers. <laughs> but all, all these things are like, how convenient can I make my life without just being pure convenience? Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes, that makes, that makes total sense. What would, um do, is tracking every day something you still do? So have I don't, days? I don't at the moment. I haven't tracked for like five months. Oh, right. Okay. So this is kind of, I've done a few stories in this recently. So I've been, I, you call it intuitive eating. I think it, it kind of gained a bit of publicity a couple of years ago. Yeah. But definitely. I do think, now I'll be completely honest, it, I think it's a really poor option for most people. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, you could argue that most of the nation eat intuitively. And that's the reason that we've got an obesity crisis because people, like, if I said to someone, oh, eat intuitively, they're like, I'm eating this burger intuitively. <laughs> yeah. Like, not quite well getting that. Like, for me, it's the case of, it was just, I've been tracking, I'm 36 this year. Yep. I've been tracking since I was, what, 17? Yep. And it just got to the point where I was getting, uh, last year when I was traveling around a lot, I was like, I'm just bored of this. Yeah. I- I'm eating the same stuff every day, really. So I might as well be eating a meal plan, but some yeah. days I'll eat a little bit more. Yeah. Some days I'll eat a little bit less. Yeah. And I don't get stressed about it. Yeah. If I see myself getting a bit fatter, I'm like, pull back a little bit there, Matt. Yeah, and yeah. and that's that's cool. Uh, I think it's awful if you've got a a, a goal like let's say the guys were competing. And like, I'm going to eat intuitively. You're like, good luck getting no progress. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, yeah. but yeah. for someone like me, where I'm kind of like my goals aren't optimality. It's more like how can I make this work as best as possible, fit in yeah. my life. It worked for a bit. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm dieting for the summer soon, and I will be tracking my calories because I don't feel like you're going to get very good outcomes if you don't. Yep. But it was me where I'm going, I'm actually taking a bit of a flexible approach to this. Whereas um, before, in previous years, it, like, especially when I was out on the road, yeah, using my fitness pal and tracking was kind of like a really easy way, excuse me, really easy way of staying adherent. Yeah. Have you found yourself going out for more like restaurant meals since you've done that? Um, well, when I, when I was, when I was uh, in corporate, I'd be going out for dinner like four times a week. Right. That's never, that's never really changed. Okay. Um, I've always kind of found that, like, I, when I was younger, like, getting into fitness, you think you've got to be perfect. I used to be terrified of it. Right. Um, and then, like, when you go out for dinner so many times, you're just like, oh, I can learn how to trap this. Yeah. And, like, it's one of those things where it doesn't stress me out at all. Like, I used to. I absolutely did. Like, it used to stress me out. Like, Fuck, I need to be accurate. Like, oh, my God, this meal's going to get me fat. But now, sort of, like, it's practice. And that's, that's, that's the one benefit I do see of, like, intuitive eating. Yeah. Like, going out for food is, like, food's not scary anymore. No, and I think realizing that it potentially may even be beneficial to your progress from like a relaxation point of view. I think, I mean, I mean, again, I used to be kind of similar to what you said when I was a little bit younger. I'd be terrified to go out for food, absolutely terrified. And it wasn't till I actually was, I think it was when I first started getting coached by Joe and he programmed, you know, have a meal that is untracked per week. And I think being told externally by someone else to go do that helped massively 
because then it was like, okay, this is actually in my plan to go do this. Yeah. Therefore, I'm gonna go do it. Um, how does your how does your training sort of represent where you're currently at? Then do you train for like maintenance right now, or, or is volume a little bit higher? Yeah, I think um, that's a really good question. So for me, I've got like some other business ventures I'm working on at the moment. I've got a lot of clients. I've got it's not a number one priority in my life, right? Yeah. And I like to be able to go in and get a session done in like forty five minutes to an hour. Yep. So for me, it's like, how how time efficient can I make this? I train about five days a week. Okay. Um, how efficient can I make this to not take away from the rest of my day? Um, now, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm a workaholic, but I've got other things in my life. I've got like other businesses. I've got coaching. I've, I want to see my girlfriend. I want to see my friends. Yeah. And <clears throat> I don't want to spend three hours in the gym. That's that's a, a fact of the matter. So I've got um, what I would consider like my... I, I train a lot of people in corporate and it's like the corporate style of training I have, where it's quite kind of fixed volume across all my main lifts. Yep. Um, and then I'll use as much time savers as possible. So I'll use a lot of antagonistic supersets. Yep. I'll use a lot of rest pause work for isolation movements. I'll do a lot of metabolic work in that, that regard and basically get a session done, which on paper would maybe like look like an hour and a half. Yeah. I can get that done in, in an hour, 45 minutes. Nice. Um, is it optimal? <clears throat> no, I, I, I think longer rest periods would be nicer. Um, obviously, some more volume increment would be nicer. But again, it's it, it goes down to like what are you doing it for? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I I sit. I'm I'm on my I'm like a cruise dose of PEDs. I'm I'm not aiming for mass. I, I weigh two hundred fifty pounds yeah. all the time. Like I'm yeah. not I'm not small, but I'm not. I'm not aiming to be massive either. No. And I think there's kind of like, again, going back to that, it's okay to be like a- average, whatever you want to call yeah. it. Like, yeah, definitely. You don't have to, like, I'm not, I'm not getting delusions of Chris Bumstead every time I step in the gym. Right. I'm not, I'm not, I, I've talked about this before. It's probably a worthwhile conversation is you, if you have to understand like your actions are going to reflect your goals, but also if you're not getting to your goals, you need to look at your actions. Yeah. So like, I, I sit there and go, well, I, if I wanted more, right? So I wanted to look like Chris Bumstead. Firstly, I need to slap in the face. Yeah. But secondly, I have to look at myself and go, well, you're not doing that, Matt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you're not, you're not doing all the stuff to get there. But, but yeah. and I think, I think taking ownership and going, well, actually, I don't, I don't, I don't want to. Yeah. But therefore, I'm happy with the results I'll get from that. Yeah, I think I think as well. It, it kind of relates back to the the perception thing as well. And I remember um, for Jazz's birthday last year, I got her a book, um, and it was called the Burnout Survival Kit. Uh, and yeah. I annotated the book. I read the book, annotated it, gave it her. Uh, so basically, as she read it, she kind of had like my voice in the back of her head talking her through Love the book. That. And uh, <laughs> it, mate, I uh, about a week out from her birthday, I suddenly decided to go for this gift. So I had to read this book in a week uh, and also Turbo read it and, and then write in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And one of the things I said in her uh, said in there, and I, I think very much like this, especially in the age of social media and things like that, is I wrote a little note and it was remember that you are number one, not your physique. Like that is not you. Uh, and number two, you are not your business. Like those are things you yeah. do. You train for a physique, you work for a business or your business, but that isn't you the person. Okay. It's maybe what people three see through social media. And I always try to reiterate to, to her, especially with the success of like Compaq and her competing and stuff like that. I said, I would always be like, Jazz, if you were, I don't know, not to say this is a bad job. Say you were 
you know, a gardener for an old lady down the road, or you're a postwoman or, or whatever it may be, you'd still be the same person to me. Like none of your external ventures matter. And I think that comes down to the perception uh, and through social media, we can get very lost in. And it's something I struggle with massively. I can get lost in this idea that, right, I'm known as this guy. I need to now live up to that expectation. Mm. When in reality, sometimes I, I don't want to be that guy. And it's actually, I just need to be myself because that's probably the, the better way to be. Um, have you struggled with with any of that, especially going self-employed? I think I would have cared more when I was younger. Yeah, like, I think age is a kind of a nice, like a, a, a bit of a. People always say you get a bit more wise as you get older. I think you care less. Right, I don't think it's yeah. necessarily a wisdom thing. But like, do you know the, the question I hate the most? Is do you know, say you go to a dinner party or something? Yeah, and someone goes, "What do you do?" Yeah, yeah, and you go like, "What do you mean?" And I know yeah. what you mean, but I'm, I'm going to be a little bit facetious because I'm yeah. like, like I say, well, this is what I do for work. Yeah. And like, like you said, it's like you aren't your job. Yeah, like, no, definitely not. No. Like, I, I always ask people, what do you do for fun? Yeah. Yeah. I think, that's, I think that's a great question. I would rather know that, right? I don't, I, I, knowing what you do for work is interesting to me a little bit. Yeah. But like, I would say, what do you do for work rather than what do you do? Because that's like, like, like you said, you aren't your job. No. No. And I feel like also there's almost this thing where like if someone said to me, I don't know, I'm a, oh, I don't know, I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah. Right? yeah. Or, or someone said, um, I work at McDonald's. Yeah. Like, I don't want there to be a thing. Like, I don't care. Like, yeah, do, yeah, yeah. Do, do what you want, mate. Like, as long as yeah. you're happy. I'd yeah. rather know what you did for fun. I'd rather know what you, where, where was the last coolest place you went to? Yeah. Right? I, I care more about that. But like, I think when you're younger, you probably do care a bit more about I am what I'm perceived to be. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. One again, going back to um, and it's a really big thing I, I make sure I do with friends is say if say if their job, you know, say for example, I'll use Joe. I'll use Joe as an example here. So I hope he doesn't castrate me for, for saying this. But um there was a day last year where we'd had like a party and then the next day it was I think just me and Joe and I think Jazz, and we sat on the sofa all day, we we ate food and we watched friends. Yeah. And I was like, that's me getting to know Joe the person, someone who yeah. likes to eat his food, loves friends, and he's completely out of coaching mode, dog yeah. walking mode, which are all things he loves, granted. But it was, uh, again, I always make a point to be like, like you said, like, what do you enjoy outside of work? Yeah. What do you enjoy outside of things you have to do uh, on a day to day? Um, how did um, how did you meet your girlfriend? So this is this is a, a newer relationship, right? Yeah, we've been so we've been dating since back end of last year. Okay. Um, so we met on Hinge, man. Like um, ah, the perfect app. <laughs> exactly. Honestly, it's, I think that's like people kind of get embarrassed about this stuff because we, we were chatting about this. She was like, "Do you get embarrassed how we met?" And I was like, "Well, no, because how else are we supposed to meet?" Like, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I met my girlfriend on Hinge. So yeah, I think it's a great. Um, I, I love it. And don't you wrong. Like, it's like with most things in life, it is what you make of it right and absolutely um i came out my last relationship when was that um april 2021 yeah i want to say 21 yeah april 21 i came out of that relationship and um i came out of the relationship like thinking i don't think i'm ever gonna get into another one yeah and again i don't it's not like to to reflect badly on on her or anything like that it just it was more the fact of walked out of the relationship and I was like, I don't, 
I don't think again going back to perception. I don't think I'm ever gonna want to meet uh, ever meet anyone that I would have want to spend the rest of my life with. Yeah. Not to say like it wasn't anyone fell out because of like lack of monogamy or anything like that. It was just more no. the fact of I think to to expect to meet someone that you want to spend the rest of your life with is quite a rare thing. And I think yeah, I agree. people force themselves into that box yeah. all too readily and they wonder why they're unhappy. So I kind of was like, oh, I'm probably not going to meet anyone. And I've obviously dated quite a bit and things like that in the years. Um, and then met her and yeah, it's been, it's been great. I think, but I think, I think having a lack of expectation of what it's going to be is, is key. You're just enjoying each other. <laughs> yeah. Is, is she into um, yeah. training and things like that? Not, not really, not no. really. And I, I, you know what? I don't, I don't mind that. I actually probably prefer it. Yeah, I, I, I am completely with you on that one. And I, I think <clears throat> and I, 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 this isn't a disrespect to anyone in the industry or anything like that, but I do think no. the way I view it is probably quite the way I view fitness is probably very different to how a lot of people in the industry view it. Yeah, um, I've got a much more relaxed view and don't want to compete those things. And I think if I was with someone that was like probably a little bit more neurotic about this stuff um by my perception not by like they their, their, their actions could be absolutely fine but i may view it as like a bigger stressor absolutely yeah i i, I want to be able to go on holiday and not to, not to think about it and yeah. i don't know she trains a bit but it isn't like a focus in her life for her and i love that and yeah, yeah can can like very I, I guess it means that when you are with her you are switched off from fitness nutrition bodybuilding you, you, it, it's a and this is how I would describe my relationship with Katie is, you know, I've always told her, I was like, I go to the gym four or five times a week. Mm. I eat four meals a day and I walk. That That's pretty much it. I'm yeah. not, I'm, you know, there's nothing massively that goes into that. So like me, the person should be able to, if she's like, do you want to eat dinner on a Thursday night? I'm like, well, yeah, because I have four meals a day. So one of them would be my four meals. I'll walk in the morning. I'll train in the morning. The, my day is then not interrupted because yeah. again, my escape from training and my relaxation comes in the form of spending time with her um, and things like that. Um, but going back to the hinge things that, cause um, hinge for anyone who hasn't used hinge um, cheap plug, uh, you have prompts, right? You have questions and yeah. um, do you, do you know what prompted you to reply to your girlfriend or what your prompt was for her to message you? Because think I think so. that says a lot about your personality, what your prompts are. So I always went with prompts and stuff because I'm, I'm fully aware I've got a resting bitch face, right? And, <laughs> and I, I think there's a perception. Like whenever I go out or go to like a festival or stuff, I always get the same thing when people start talking to me. Like, I thought you were going to be a prick when I first met you. <laughs> and I was like, I am, don't worry. But like, I think when people see, like, I'm quite tall, fairly, fairly big, like, compared 200 to like, pounds. Yeah, compared to like a, a general person, like yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm fairly, I'm not big by bodybuilder standard, but like by general population, yeah. And people, I think people look at you and think you're going to be a certain way, yeah. right? And I'm always very conscious of that, not in the sense of like I'm trying to pretend to be something I'm not, but I'm also like you need to soften people a little bit. And so my prompts are all like kind of jokey ones. Um, and hers was something about she worked at the airport and she said her biggest m moment was when people say have a nice flight and she, she someone said she says have a nice flight and they say you too and she dies inside <laughs> and uh and I'll, that made me laugh and then mine was something about fucking magnum ice creams and she she commented <laughs> on that um but it was something like very very chill 
I'm yeah. very, very, very relaxed. Do you um is 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 kind of keeping the sort of intense? I mean, I know you're not sort of into the whole um really like intense bodybuilding and things like that, like as some people are in the industry and things like that. But is when you're when you're putting yourself on like a dating app or you're putting yourself on social media, do you do you work hard to portray that you are this person who goes out for food and and things like that and and is relaxed in that sense? Um, yeah, probably. I think yeah. I don't put anything like I never talk about training really. Yeah. Like I never talk about training. I never talk about food. I never talk about any of this. Sort of, I, don't, I don't even like talk about what I do for a job because I think right. there comes, I think there comes as a a perception with that. Like if someone says to me, "What do you do for work?" I always struggle. I'm like, uh, I just say I own an education business because I, I I don't want anything to be related to it because yeah. um, people have got a natural thing. So I, I've had it before. People say, and my girlfriend says to me, she goes, "Do you take steroids?" And I said, "Yeah," and she was really worried about it. Right. Okay. Um, and I was like, I completely understand. I, I get it. And there was a, we had to have quite a, a conversation early on where like, her perception of it was not the reality of the situation. Like she's assumed right. I'm, I'm going to be a certain way. And I think it's the same with, um, if I start talking about the gym, yeah, they, like there's a stereotype for a reason, right? And say you see a guy that like, goes, goes to the gym on a dating app, you think he's going to be a fuck boy. Yeah. <laughs> and what my girlfriend had the opinion of me at first so right they, they think you're going to be a certain way so yeah. there, there is an element of like you have to kind of you know uh, if you know what they think you're going to be like you have to kind of like, like preemptively fight that yeah um so all my photos of me like just out having a good time like doing something fun um and that kind of people don't think oh this guy is just what i think he's going to be yeah, 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 yeah. Do you um do you have any specific hobbies at the moment that really allows you to kind of switch off from work and things like that? Yeah, so I'm 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 a massive nerd dropper. Like, so my what I do for fun, um, like in terms of like I wouldn't say you can call it a hobby, but I love to travel. I, yeah. I, I love I love going to places. Last year I did a lot. I've done it a lot of my life. And this year a little bit less, but I'm off to Rome in a couple of weeks. We've got Ibiza booked for Philippa's birthday. We've we've got like a, a few bits potentially. Digital Nomad Dream later in the year. Um, I like going to festivals, things like that. I'm not really one for a night out as such. No. Okay, yeah. But um, I like a festival or like a rave, those sorts of things. I but like uh, my <laughs> biggest nerdy thing, I play I play Warhammer 40k, like competitively Warhammer 40k. I was just about to ask this because um I can't remember who had told me before that you played Warhammer, but yeah, how did you um how did you get into that? Is that something from a young age or um, so I, I think it's quite funny when I say to people like my, my mate, I don't know if you know Eddie Chip, who's like a IFBB pro. Um, no. he, he was like, you're the only person in the world that goes to Ibiza, goes to Raves, goes to the gym and plays Warhammer. <laughs> and I was like, I was like it, it probably is quite a weird little like Venn, yeah. diag Venn diagram intersect. But I find stuff like that really, like people go, isn't that nerdy? And I was like, you play Call of Duty at home, pretend to be a soldier on your computer. At least, yeah. I'm, playing, at least I'm playing with people, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah. um, so, so, yeah, so is this an, an online thing? Or no, no, it's, it, it's a real, like in real life. So amazing. Um, I don't really put a lot on, on Instagram because firstly, no one has a fucking clue what it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, it's something I'm not even, I, I'm not at all ashamed of. I think it's awesome. So basically, it's a board game. Um, yep. I played it a little bit when I was a kid, but like not knowing what the rules were. Yeah. If you said what it is out loud, it sounds horrendously lame because you buy these like pla unmade plastic things, yep. put them together, paint them, then play toy soldiers with them. Amazing. But it's like, it's like chess on steroids. Yeah. yeah. That way, right? <laughs> and that's apt for it like this. But, it's it's completely different from anything else I do. And it's 
it, it's a it's a strategy game that you play, right? Yeah. And it's um, you go, I go to tournaments, do all things like that. Amazing. I, I got into it a couple of years years ago, and I like being competitive at things. Um, I like trying to, it just kind of it, it was so different. And there's a there's a good a good group of guys I play with, and it's yeah, it's good fun. But it's okay. it's, it's so different. Um, it's so different than anything else I do. It's just a nice relief. Yeah, my um my girlfriend's friend actually owns a Warhammer store um close to where we live. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will um I will find out details from her. But yeah, he um he opened up a Warhammer store not long ago because she did the logo for him. It's not income gaming, is it? I don't know. I have no okay. idea. I well, know he, I know he has a store uh somewhere because he's very very big in it, into it. But uh, mate, I'm 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 the same. I'm, I'm a massive nerd and um. For me, like I'll go on 2K, which is a wrestling game, and people will go, "Oh my god, you isn't wrestling fake?" And I'm like, "Yeah, so is EastEnders, so is Coronation yeah. Street." You know, <laughs> most I, things are fake. It um, makes me laugh when there's like the perception of like what's cool, and it's like, yeah, I look at people pay cod, and I, I could personally, I couldn't imagine anything worse. I used to play computer games when I was younger, but right now I can't imagine anything worse than sat there on my own playing computer game. But people love it, right? And these guys yeah. they're playing with, they're legitimately their friends, right? Yeah, yeah. But like that doesn't that doesn't diminish anything that I'm doing where I'm actually playing with someone. Yeah. And it's like playing chess. That's yeah. why I look at it. It's like playing chess. It's like playing anything else. Yeah. Like as long as you're enjoying it, it gives a fuck. Oh mate, absolutely. I'm I mean, I'm very big on um again, doing as many things outside of my working spectrum as possible. So like I have a, a Cine World card so I can go to the cinema as many yeah. times in a month as I want to, which is perfect because I don't go on my phone. I can watch a movie twice three times like when the new guardians the galaxy film comes out i'll probably watch it five times there you go in the space of a month because i love that sort of stuff um are you are you are you being super uh, hero films and things like that yeah man, i love all that sort of stuff i love yeah. like, action films are my favorite like right. i think if i was on mastermind it'd be action films okay like, um i think the marvel films if i'm in my humble opinion have got shit recently oh dude uh, post Endgame, post Endgame. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Spider-Man was amazing. Yeah, I, that's um, literally why I got the tattoo. Um, yeah, that's, that's it. But Multiverse of Madness was terrible. I watched um, New Black Panther. I thought it was awful. Mm. Um, what else has seen recently? Did you watch the Ant-Man film? Yeah, I actually thought it was quite... It was okay, but it was like yeah. pretty pretty trash. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> trying to think what else has been on. All the ones that have come out, I've seen them. <clears throat> yeah, and I've I've been very disappointed every single time. Yeah, have you watched any of the Disney Plus shows? No, I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of TV shows. Oh, uh, okay. I, 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 I'm, until about a few years ago, I'd only ever watched one series in my life. Wow. What um, Game of Thrones. Okay. Um, people always say, "Have you seen this?" No. Have you seen this? No. But recently, I've watched a lot more. Um, yeah. But <clears throat> it's all like action, sci-fi type stuff. But I've, yeah. no, I've not seen any of the. Marvel um, TV shows, nothing like that. No, you're a you're a Star Wars fan, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Have you watched um, the recent series of Mandalorian? I haven't seen the recent one. I've seen the the, the first two. Yeah, um, I have too. Yeah, I've not seen any other things and stuff. I've not seen um, uh, Boba Fett. I've not seen mm. um, Obi Wan. I've not seen anything like that. Okay. But <clears throat> I, I, I'd say for me, finding time for that. Yeah, it's like. I, I I could be doing something else, and a lot of my spare time goes into like forty k when I'm playing that. Yeah, 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 yeah. If 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 you found yourself <laughs> um being the Star Wars fan that you are, if you found yourself wanting to connect a few of the dots, I'd highly recommend Episode Six of Kenobi. 
which I've seen the fight scenes in that. That's okay, so yeah, there's yeah. a there's a scene at the end of episode six um, between um, there's not spoilers. It's been out a year now, but between Obi Wan and Vader um, that takes place ten years after Revenge of the Sith, but set before ten years before A New Hope. Is that the one where they fight in the the, the rocky place? That's it. Yeah. 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 That's it. Yeah. That's it. Abso- absolutely just incredible i mean you could probably just watch that episode that I, I've, I've literally just seen the fight scenes okay like, yeah and I've, yeah. I've seen that yeah i mean again i'm a massive star wars fan and things like that and do you have a favorite star wars film um probably return of the jedi to be honest dude that's my favorite i think that's gotta be it i think there's so much like cool in that like that scene where Luke just comes in. It's similar to the, the scene at the end of Mandalorian season two, where he just like rocks up, wrecks everyone, boom. Yeah. And it's just like when he, when he, when he turns up at Jabba the Hutt's um, like palace, yeah, and just wreck shop. Like yeah. he's just that. I mean, Han Solo is my favorite character by far. But okay, do you have um? Do you have the desired hate for the prequels that most people do? Um, not really, because I kind of grew up with it. Same, yeah. So I remember the, I don't know if you ever saw that there was a, there was a poster, right? And it was, it was a picture of Anakin Skywalker, the boy in the, in, yep. in, in, um, Phantom Menace. Yep. And then the shadow was Darth Vader. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, I, yeah. I remember that. And I thought, right, everyone's going to hate it. Everyone always hates everything. Yep. But I was like, actually they were enjoyable films. Right? Yeah. Do you know what, dude? I mean, Revenge of the Sith, I always say to people is the most guilty pleasure of a film I could probably ever watch. Well, I I grew up when uh, when I was around that age. They had um, on the N sixty four. They had hover car racing, not hover car racing, pod car racing. Whatever it was. Yeah. Oh, um, um, pod racing. Pod racing. Yeah, that one on the N sixty four, and that was absolute banger of a game. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I used to play it all the time. And that kind of that brings back really fond memories of Star Wars. Yeah, of that, yeah, but... yeah. Incredible, incredible, dude. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna end this episode, which has been amazing, man. I am with. Uh, a bit of a retrospective question. Jake says I always ask him this all the time. Um, so I'm going I'm to ask it to you. Um, what is what is one thing in sort of the last year or two you've learned about yourself um, that has really come to fruition and you're proud that did? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> I think, and this is going to sound like a bit of a, a humble brag, but it's not. I think it's how much I've been able to help people close to me in my life yeah i've seen my, my sister i'll talk openly about it my sister being through a divorce okay. um which was very, like really hard for her i've had mates go through really, really tough situations and i think it's been i would call it like i don't know we call it like maybe like a superpower of mine it's the only thing i'm good at really is i can i can help people get through stuff yeah and i think it's been Firstly, that I'm in, I've got friends that I'm close enough where they would let me help them. Yeah. And secondly, the fact I can help them through stuff. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not saying I'm taking their burden away. I'm, I'm healing their problems, but I think the fact that I've got a bunch of friends that I'm close enough, and my sister and I, and relationships I'm close enough where they want me to help them, but the fact that I can help them is how much that means to me. Yeah. Of having like that, that that's kind of a roundabout way of answering it. Is I'm lucky that I've got people in my life that I'm, I care enough to go my way for but also that people are close enough to me where they want my help to get through stuff and then to see them come out the other side yeah i've got this with some close friends and and things like that where like i kind of get leaned on to help and that makes me incredibly happy yeah to be able to help Amazing. So, yeah 
probably probably that that's awesome dude again as someone who has a, a close relationship with with my sister too that that's really sort of nice to hear um because i know a lot of people that don't speak to their siblings and i personally couldn't imagine my life without speaking to my sibling um as young as she is and, and sort of how different we very much are um god she's like the most important person in my what, life what, what's the age gap uh seven years yeah my sister's six years okay yeah so my sister is 19 um so what am i 26 yeah so she's yeah. 20 this year i'm 27 this year um but she's very much the uh the extroverted, uh, loudmouth, uh, <laughs> not afraid to say what she thinks person, where I'd say I'm very much the opposite sometimes. So uh, it's a very interesting relationship, her being the younger sister, but um, oh man, I wouldn't change it for for the world. Yeah, she's, I, I was saying my sister's probably the closest person I'm, I'm close to yeah. in my life. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like to see her go through her divorce, like obviously a, a horrendous thing to happen. Yeah. Um, especially the way it did. And then her come out the other side and be stronger for it. Like yeah, yeah. that, that makes me incredibly proud. And like, it's when when people aren't close to their, their uh, family, I'm like, yeah, it, it it's hard for me to comprehend sometimes. Yeah. I I understand it to a point. Obviously, there's a lot can go on in family yeah. and things like that. Um, but yeah, but very much sort of immediate family. Are, I'm exactly the same. I mean, you know, my, again, I always say to people, they'll be like, who's who's one of your favorite? I'll be like, my nan. Like, I if yeah, yeah. I could spend every day with my nan, Love absolutely that. stress free um she's just a an angel but um mate thank you for um uh taking this time to do this interview man mate thank you for asking a bunch of questions i hope i haven't bored everyone with my no mate <laughs> my honestly answers. i think that was incredibly like you said introspective and there's a lot of take-homes from that conversation no, mate, but absolute pleasure thank you for thank you for having our, uh, me on our podcast it's been, <laughs> you've been a phenomenal mate, host as, thank you as i um as i did with everyone else I'll, I'll put the the listeners in the humble hands of yourself to to send them off and uh and we will be done for the recording, my friend. Well, guys, thank you very much for listening to me ramble on. Thank you to Joppo. Joppo, our interest, where can they find you? Uh, where, where can oh, find you? Do you know what Holly said this the other day? And I butchered my own Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm pretty sure uh, off the top of my head, it is at Joppo underscore nutrition on Instagram. Um, if you enjoy screenshots of WWE 2K, you can head over to my Twitter, which I think is just Joppo619. Um, yeah. but yeah, that's where I am on to. And give a plug to your other podcast as well. Oh, you know what, mate? Great, great point. Thank you for that. You Come you on, go. I'm, 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 I'm trying <laughs> to sell you. Come on. Um, yeah. So I do a pod with um Big Daddy of the Physique Collective, Ryan Kirk, and very much sort of a, a switch off, chill podcast. Try not to be too serious about things because it's very much not in either of our natures. Um, so if you do want sort of an hourly or hour more than an hour switch off per week, then head over to Two's Company. Uh, on Instagram. Uh, we will be having guests on soon and things like that. But uh, yeah, awesome. There you go. That's that's a, that's a proper plug. But honestly, thank you so much for coming on, mate. Really like, enjoyed the questions. And yeah, thank you guys for listening. Mate, no worries. Thank you again, mate. Thanks a lot. Thank you.